Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in for Bearcat Rewind. This is episode number 36 of the podcast. And today, we're joined by a former Bearcat baseball player, now a graduate assistant for the program, Hudson Bilodeau. Hudson's path to becoming a Bearcat wasn't direct, and he actually only played at Northwest for one season, but he was a catalyst on a team in 2018 that won the first MIAA baseball title since 1983. During that year, Bilodeau batted at 393. He had five dingers, drove in 32 runs, got on base at a 462 clip. Hudson also finished with 72 hits during the season. That's fifth most in program history, and he was first team all MIAA. Not a bad line for the catcher that also spent quite a few innings out in left field as well. Now, today's Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash alumni. Now, we recorded with Hudson last week just before the Major League Baseball season began, but we got his prediction for the World Series. We talked about his journey to Northwest and what it's like playing this summer down in Houston for the Pecos League, where he is tearing the cover off the baseball. Hudson Bilodeau is our guest on this edition of Bearcat Rewind. Hudson Bilodeau joining us today on Bearcat Rewind, a former Northwest Missouri State uh, utility player, caught quite a few games, also played in the outfield quite a bit for the Bearcats, really carried a heavy bat there in 2018 for Northwest Missouri State, a GA last year, also returning as a graduate assistant for this upcoming spring as well. Hudson, how have you been so far this summer? Good, man. It's good to just play some baseball. Uh, we're down here in, in Houston playing some uh, playing some pro ball, so it's uh, it's been a weird summer with all the virus stuff, but just uh, blessed to be playing some ball. Well, and you mentioned that, and, and um, you know, a couple years since your college career actually wrapped up here at Northwest Missouri State, and we have had the virus wipe out uh, last spring for Northwest Missouri State baseball. You know, you're on the bus heading down south, and, and Coach Lowe gets that call. How did you get uh, hooked up with professional baseball, and, and what's this summer been like for you so far? Well, uh, my first summer out of uh, out of Northwest, I was um, I was talking to teams here and there at different levels, and then. Uh, after the season ended, um, I knew I was trying to keep playing, and I got a got a call from a, a team in the Pecos League in Indie Ball, and um, went down there and played for them in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And then um, last year I had an injury, and then uh, didn't play last summer, and then this summer got back into it, and I was supposed to play in uh, Garden City, Kansas, and then. Um, the virus and everything they just moved our whole league down here to houston all the teams and so now we just got a kind of a, a round robin season thing going down here in houston for us as you're going through this and we're seeing major league baseball get started up and there are so many different uh, i guess precautions i guess that they're taking to, to keep everybody safe you see the nba playing in a bubble right now and nfl trying to figure this out on down the line What's the Pecos League doing to keep everybody safe? And, and you're all there in Houston, but I guess if you don't quite have the same resources that a Major League Baseball has, it can be tough. How are they going about keeping you guys safe? Yeah, it's, it's definitely different. Um, we got, you know, we, uh, we just got the guys that we need in the dugout. Um, other guys are sitting in the stands. Um, guys are, are wearing masks. Um, they don't have fans. Uh, we're playing it kind of a, a remote location um and it's pretty much just baseball here i mean we're pretty much in our own little bubble 
um, like the NBA, but we, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's a different feel to it down here. It's a lot, a lot more quiet without all the chirping in the stands and, and you don't have everybody, uh, getting all masked up in the dugout. Everybody's spread out. So it is, it's definitely different. Um, but we're kind of getting used to it down here. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's beneficial. Everybody's kind of tight there in Houston. You can kind of get so many games in and, and keep everything rolling. You're not having to take a lot of uh, terrible bus trips. At the same time, though, as we record this here on a Thursday afternoon, I would imagine a Thursday afternoon in Houston right now in the sun has to get pretty hot out there on the baseball field as opposed to a 7 or 8 o'clock start. What's that like dealing with the elements? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, these uh, these day games down here, because we're playing it all here in the same location that we're having to squeeze in our games. Uh, so we are playing a lot of day games and the, uh, the heat is something, but the humidity is a different an- animal down here. It's, uh, you're, you're sweating all day as soon as you step out of the front door of the house and, and, um, especially catching back there. I'm, uh, <laughs> I noticed I'm a, I'm a little more, uh, drenched than I was finishing up games up there in Northwest Missouri. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine starting the summers up here. Well, I say the yeah. summers, the baseball seasons in February, and you're you're adding the layers right now. It's you know, yeah, it's probably pretty drenched by the time the first inning's over, let alone the ninth. Uh, but yeah. it's not it's not slowing you down. I mean, at last check, batting three fifty four, you're on get, getting on base at a huge clip, and, and you're playing great so far. Is it kind of hard to, to pick things up after missing all of last year with an injury, or has it just kind of been, you know, hey, it's like riding a bicycle? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm blessed with an awesome opportunity at Northwest, you know, so where I can GA, but I can also uh, train with the guys. When um, when they're working, I, uh, I try and get my work in with them. Um, I'll throw a little BP, and then I'll jump in there and, and take some myself. So it's uh, – it's awesome. It's like having my own little training facility on the side out there. And um, a lot of those guys are always eager to get out there and get some extra work. So it's uh, it's definitely helped me a lot staying in shape and staying in baseball shape. Especially. Whenever you're working as a graduate assistant, you're throwing BP and you're, and you're watching guys, whether they're the catchers, the way they're working with pitchers or handling those arms, um, or even guys at the plate, and you're throwing some advice here or there and, and saying, hey, watch for this, you're doing this. Does that make it that much easier for you too when you go back to examine your own baseball game? Oh yeah, I mean you're you're helping guys make adjustments all year in and out, and um, you know it, sometimes you step back and and it makes it easy to see like hey maybe I should start making these adjustments too you know but um, yeah working with guys and and being able to just talk to guys about the game and and guys picking your brain sometimes it helps you figure things out on your own a little bit better. Still a young guy, but you're going through your second year as a GA coming up at Northwest before you get your master's, and, and then you kind of head out after that. What does the timeline look for you professional baseball-wise? How long do you want to play? Um, you know, I'm just playing as long as I can, um, playing as long as the game lets me. So uh, I've um, I've gotten a few calls just from higher uh, indie ball leagues and, and stuff like that, and it just hadn't worked out yet. A lot of it's just timing. And so uh, you got to be, you got to be hot when somebody needs you. And then, um, so I'm just kind of, just kind of waiting on that. And, and uh, after this summer, it could be, you know, a higher, uh, a higher indie ball league um, needs me next year, and and I'd be down to do that. Um, so I, I kind of, 
you know, I'm, I'm kind of leaving it up in the air. Is, is the oppor- if the opportunity's there, I'm playing, and um, I figured that when the opportunity stops uh, showing up for me, then it's then it's time to uh, change the priorities up. Well, actually, suiting up as a Bearcat and playing there in 2018, a brief stint as a Bearcat, actually as a player, just that one season, but made a huge impact. And whenever it came to, to becoming a Bearcat and getting on the field there, what made that the right transition for you coming to the Midwest after being out in California and San Marcos? So um, I played um, I played in a collegiate summer league out in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and uh, Mike Creason, the assistant here at Northwest, he's a uh, he. I played on a team with a couple guys from Northwest, and then he was coaching a team out there, and um, you know we had a coaching change out in California. And, a lot of the scholarships were gone, so I was looking for a place to go, and Creason told me, he goes, hey, man, come out to Northwest. We'd love to have you. And I'd already known a couple of the guys, so it was, a, it was an easy guess to make. And so uh, it just it, everything just kind of felt like a puzzle piece for me coming out there. And you know, as soon as I got out there, I loved it. Everybody's awesome. Maryville, <laughs> I've fallen in love with Maryville. It's an awesome town. You always hear, I guess, different professions and all these different places you go. It's who you know and making those relationships. It's all about networking. But, man, you look at baseball and the brotherhood that really is the game of, of baseball and it's America's pastime. Isn't it crazy how that works, that you're out on the East Coast and you're playing baseball and somehow that lands you in a town of 10,000 in, in northwest Missouri? Oh, yeah, man. It's it's uh, it's all part of the plan, I guess. It's, it's just all been... Uh... You know, God's really put stuff into place for me, and it's been everything's been huge blessings for me, um, especially ending up in in Maryville because that that town just and everybody takes care of everybody. It's it's awesome. It's it's amazing to be around me and my family. My grandparents have come down, and and uh, you know we we all love the town now. Take me back to 2018, coming in that that lone season as a Bearcat, your senior year, and wrapping up your playing career. Northwest Missouri State hadn't won an MIAA title since 1983. I mean, you were you weren't even thought of at that point. And <laughs> you know, the Bearcats' last conference title. You come in a 30 and 22 overall season, 25 and 11 in conference play. What were you thinking about when you came in to be a Bearcat, and, and what were your expectations for that year? You know, I was just coming in and I was just trying to uh, do something to help the team win from day one. Um, I was just trying to find my my role, what my role was going to be, where I was going to fit in. And, um, you know, that team, we uh, we had some unbelievable chemistry from, from the time that I stepped on campus in the fall. Uh, all the guys welcomed me in, and that was a, that was a brotherhood of a team. And we, uh, you know, that was, that was a, that was a special, that was a special season. Um, but it just seemed like we were always, you know, we were always, we always had the momentum. Um, and it, it seemed like it was, it was hard for us to let games go sometimes. Um, from, uh, from after that first week and I saw that preseason week, we came down and, and that first weekend in Emporia, um, we took the series there and swept them. And, uh, I think, I think we all knew right then that, uh, things were kind of fit into place for us as a squad, and, and we had all the we had all the the spots covered that we needed, and um, all the puzzle pieces, and it was going to be a solid year for us. And we just kind of rolled with it. Well, and that was one of those two that Emporia is a traditionally you know very good baseball team here in the MIAA, and, and that's a series that's supposed to be played in Maryville. 
and because of weather, it's it's picked up and moved to Emporia for that weekend. So, you know, you're just kind of looking at it saying, man, like things are already going the wrong way for baseball. Can't even get this first home series in. But then you go to Emporia and, and the way you sweep them in that fashion, that had to just feel like a huge statement kind of getting going early of saying, all right, maybe we're going to put some things together this year. Yeah, and you could tell that um, the way the guys handled that, um, the way we handled that, we didn't. We never really thought of ourselves as an underdog going into that series, and I think that's the mentality we had all year that, that um, helped us win so many games. Is uh, we we kind of played like we had a chip on our shoulder, even when we uh, we probably shouldn't have. Sometimes, is uh, you know, we weren't ranked that high preseason, and but um, we never really let that get in the way of our goals and, and what we knew we could do and what we ended up doing. So. Well, and when you come in and, and Coach Lowe, you know, penciling, penciling you in every game like that, and there's some expectations. I'm sure there's a little bit on your shoulders of saying, all right, this is my only chance with this team to come in and make an impact. You you want to come out and, and play well for them. Through the first four games of the season, non-conference games, you were hitless. Two for ten going into the first conference season, but then or conference series against Emporia State, you go three for six in that first game, and you ended up batting four thirty eight that whole series. Uh, a walk off home run in the final game of that series that had to just feel like a weight lifted off your shoulders to go into an Emporia into Emporia, Kansas, and just blow up like that. Yeah, it was a, it was nice. I was um, you know from that first that first week the non conference week, um, it was a it was a rough one. Um, but like I said earlier, I was just trying to find my role where I was going to fit in. At that point, I was still uh, I was playing majority uh, outfield. We had a we had a couple of catchers that, um, you know, they they needed to be in the lineup all the time, and so I was just uh, filling in where they needed me, just trying to do something to help the team win, and um, felt good. I I was uh, coming in as like a defensive replacement with our closer for a little while, and. Just um, me and Trevor Dudar worked really well together, and so we would come in and close games. And um, you know, I was just waiting for that. Uh, sometimes it's that one little knock, or you know, the the timely hit that that gets you rolling. And um, I was just waiting for it, and I, I ended up getting it at the right time for the team. And then uh, you know, we just kept that momentum rolling. Well, as you go through that season, it really didn't slow up for you at all either. 393 batting on the year, five home runs, 32 RBIs, a first-team All-MIAA member. Uh, what does that mean when you kind of hear that and think back to that season of what you were able to come in and accomplish individually in that one year here in Maryville? Well, honestly, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's a huge honor, but um, a lot of it's, you know, credit to my teammates, um, those guys. You know, they were, we all picked each other up. They picked me up all the time. Um, I don't think if we, you know, if they don't play like they do, if we don't have the season we did, I don't think any of that happens. Um, and it comes down to, you know, a lot of a lot of those numbers. You know, they're not they're not just me. They're uh, guys in the lineup. Uh, you know, they were just. Everybody picked everybody up in our lineup. I don't. I don't remember our lineup ever having a weak spot. Um, it was one through nine was deadly. Whenever you go back, and I don't know if you remember it specifically, but uh, that game playing down in Edmond, Oklahoma, ended up being a nine to eight win. A late run for Northwest Missouri State in the top of the eighth inning ended up sealing it for the Bearcats over the Broncos that clinched that MIAA title. Does that one kind of replay in your mind when you think about that game? 
Oh yeah, that was a special one. That was a special one. Um, you know, going down there. Um, I think the way the way you hear guys talk about it, the way you hear teams talking about it, um, they, they sound intimidated to go down there and play those guys. But you know, that team we we weren't intimidated by anything. It didn't seem like, and so uh, we uh, you know we just went down there, and of course we were thinking, you know, let's go get let's go get three from these guys. But um, that one specifically was uh it was a nail biter but it was it was probably one of the funnest games I remember that year to be able to come back after this and now you're working with these guys some younger guys and trying to get them back to this point of uh, on top of the MIAA which is such uh, a difficult conference in baseball so many good teams especially think of central missouri year in and year out for what the the mules are there um is that kind of a point of pride for you to talk about some of this a little bit with younger guys, freshmen that may not have known that you stepped in in 2018, played a big role, and you guys helped get these guys over the hump? Yeah, so um, a lot of it starts with like uh, the leaders I was talking about, Matt Gasser and Easley, some of those guys that were uh, you know, up in that team and um, are still there. Those guys have done a great job. Um, I don't have to talk to those guys much. Those guys uh, know what it takes, and they've seen what it takes. And they do a great job of explaining that to the younger guys and, and you know, helping everybody hold each other accountable because, again, that's what, it's, that's, what, that's what good teams are made of is accountability. And so, um, you know, those guys kind of make my job easy when it comes to that. All right. I got a few last ones for you real quick before I let you go here, Hudson. I really appreciate your time today. Um, also down in the Pecos League with another former Bearcat in Logan Rycraft, who's off to a good start this season as well. Um, is there some friendly ribbing down there with the fellow Bearcat of kind of uh, who's having the better season statistically so far? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Rycraft and I, we actually uh, got a place where we're living together down here in Houston. And so, uh, you know, unless we're playing against each other, um, we're not seeing each other play or anything. And so there's, there's definitely some uh, some uh, friendly banter when we come home and we're comparing who had the better day and we're, we're always competing a little bit. We always did back in school, and so, um, but you know that's what that's what keeps it live. That's what keeps it fun. And uh, when we play against each other, we, um, you know, we have some of those inside jokes, and, and the, the Bearcat banner definitely goes back and forth. Favorite Major League Baseball team? Now, I'm a big uh, I'm a big Astros fan. I um I played with uh, Alex Bregman, and so um, no kidding, that's awesome. I yeah. I, Always, always been an Astros fan. I uh, grew up watching Biggio, Bagwell, Bergman, Hot Smith, and so uh, the Killer Bees were they were a, they were a big part of my my young baseball childhood. I really uh, I wasn't a fan of Berkman because or any of them really a lot of respect, but Cardinals fan. So in the NL Central, oh, yeah, yeah. you you couldn't yeah. like him until Berkman came over in 2011 and helped North or helped. St. Louis win a World Series there, so <laughs> all yeah, is forgiven now. <laughs> uh, so you you played with Bregman, you know him a little bit. Is it a little bit difficult right now being an Astros fan after everything they've gone through in the off season with the cheating scandal? Ah, uh, no, I uh, you know I know Bregman. I know what kind of guy he is. Uh, he was always the first one there, last one out. Um, first one in the weight room, last one out too. And you know those guys. They uh, they're good ball players. They know what they're doing, um, and we really don't know what's going on up there, anyways. So, 
So you're saying it, it might have been a good idea to go ahead and draft Bregman in my fantasy baseball league then too, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. If, if you asked me, uh, I'd always give you the go on him. He's going to be an MVP candidate, so you can't pass him up. Uh, yeah. who, who's your favorite player all-time Major League Baseball? Uh, all-time? All-time. All-time. Um, when I was younger, here's a, here's a Cardinal for you. I always loved watching Fernando Vina yeah. on, on TV, and that's, that's why I started wearing the number four when I, was, uh, when I was just starting to play baseball. And I was I was always a middle infielder. Um, never started catching until my senior year in high school, and so um, I was always watching Fernando Vini and loved the way he played. So I uh, started wearing the number four. But um, you know, now probably my favorite guy to watch is uh, Christian Yelich. Um, just another sweet left-handed swing. Um, I always I always love watching him play the game. Vina, such a slick fielding second baseman there. He's great defensively too. And then Yelich, yeah, you can't beat that guy. He's been phenomenal these past few years, especially since mm-hmm. uh, I guess winning MVP there in Milwaukee. Uh, all right, last one for you. Twenty twenty MLB prediction: Who's going to win the World Series? Oh, Strohs. Not even no question. <laughs> Who will they beat? Huh? Who will they beat? Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you hear a lot from the, uh, the Yankees and the Dodgers and all that, but hopefully it's hopefully hopefully they're uh, they're taking some W's against those teams this year. That's all I care about. Well, it'd be great to see Astros Cardinals match up once again, wouldn't it? Even, that would be. Even though they lost the series, 2005 NLCS Game Five, Pujols Lidge, I still replay that a couple times a year. Oh yeah, for sure. And I have a I have a bunch of friends up in a. Uh, Maryville ever since I moved to the Midwest there's Cardinal fans everywhere so uh, that would be that would be nice for the banter yes but I, I yeah the Astros are just too good they are too good so they might go ahead and steamroll whoever they faced all right Hudson that, that's all I had I really appreciate your time good luck the rest of this summer in the Pecos League and once you get back in Maryville we'll have to catch up again okay yes sir sounds good take it easy be safe Thanks again to Hudson Bilodeau for joining us here on Bearcat Rewind. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe, rate, review, and tell your friends about Bearcat Rewind. I'm Matt Tritton. We will talk to you again next time.